Hey there, I'm Mike Weber, Intercom's Director of Sales Development, and welcome to our new podcast series, The Sales Summit. In this series, we're inviting industry leaders from companies like Slack, Dialpad, and Aircall to discuss the trends and challenges that are shaping the future of sales. Inspired by the release of our book, Intercom on Sales, we're diving into three big topics, speed, automation, and growth. In today's episode, we're tackling the first of those topics, speed. We want to know, what are sales leaders doing to bring velocity to their sales cycle? How are they adapting to demand for real-time sales from buyers? And does speed have to come at the cost of personalization? Joining us to talk about speed, we have Dan O'Connell, Chief Strategy Officer at Dialpad, and Derek Skoletsky, CEO and founder at Sherlock. Our discussion is led by our own Dave Benyon, who manages our SMB AEs, and in a past life, helped run the high-velocity side of our business. So without further ado, let's hear from Dan, Derek, and Dave. Thanks for joining us today. Excited to just jump into the conversation. So today we're talking about speed, uh, not just the Keanu Reeves movie, uh, but we'll dive into that <laughs> later probably, but really just speed in the sales cycle. So first question I wanted to ask is, you know, we all place a premium on speed, knowing that time kills deals. So the faster we can close deals, the faster we grow as a business. How has your team kind of approached accelerating the sales cycle? What tools, tactics, you know, what have you guys done to really try and speed things up? Dan, I'll start with you. Yeah, so it's super interesting. I think for us, um, things that we're tracking and looking for is obviously when you talk about, you know, how do you move faster? You got to have a tight process. So we care a lot about how do we actually monitor um, from just do people know what they're talking about to are they following a consistent process? So that gets into call recordings and voice analytics on that front. I think a lot of piece comes into just qualification too, is actually as you start to scale reps, whether it's BDRs or SDRs or AEs, like, do people actually know how to best qualify things? Um, because I think a lot of times, especially I remember this early on in my careers, I just didn't qualify things well. And so you get dragged into bad deals. They take a lot of time. You get heartbroken at the end because they don't win or don't close. And then you look back and say, oh, I should have seen that way ahead of time. And then just in terms of just some processes, we, we monitor a lot of speed to leads. So when a lead comes in, how quickly down to minutes can we get back to them? Um, we do some interesting things in terms of implementing automated text messaging and leveraging um, chatbots and things to that nature. But those are all three things that we care a lot about is process, good qualification, and how do we leverage some different tools to actually get back to people faster and more automated ways. Awesome. Derek? Yeah, I mean, most of our, we're kind of a product-led company. So most of our leads are coming through a free trial. So when we think about speed, first of all, it's how fast can we get someone to value in the product, right? It isn't necessarily how fast can we get a sales reaction uh, to that person. So that's really important stuff for us to track and make sure we know exactly where everybody is and when they get to a point of value. And that's when we're going to activate our sales team. And to that end, they need to be able to react quickly. Uh, they need to know when someone reaches that point. And they need to be able to react because that to us is momentum, right? There's, there's momentum when you start using a product that if you let that lag, you know, in this day and age, it's kind of deadly, right? Yeah. So with today's attention spans, you got to be able to take advantage of that momentum in the product. So that, that's a big deal for us. Um, there is obviously demo requests and leads that come in uh, different areas as well. So we have a lot of automated stuff, you know, Calendly, uh, Calendar stuff is great. We have Intercom's chatbot, which helps us book meetings at night when no Thank one's you. awake. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's all that kind of stuff. But for us, I would say as a product-led company, it really is the thing we think most about is speed to activation or time to activation in the product and how fast and um, how appropriately can we, we react when someone gets there. Yeah. 
The momentum piece is really interesting on we start to think about how do we identify those signals on just continuing to move deals and spend time on on the right things and you know how do you actually map out purchase intent there's different tools that you can leverage for those sorts of things so right and i think qualification is a big part of it as well um you can automate some of this reaction from from your sales team at a point of activation a point of value for that for that trial customer but you do want to make sure that they're not they're not reacting to everything yeah. right you do have to qualify even those people that are using the trial so that you can have a playbook for, you know, who sales is getting back to directly, what what pieces are you automating. So I think that's a big part of it as well. Yep. A lot of times in sales, we want to have our hands on everything. Just let the leash off of us. We just want to get at everybody. How do you signal to, hey, go talk to this leader, this person, but also how do you make sure your salespeople hold back? Yeah, so for us, like I said, we, we do what's called product qualified leads is kind of our biggest, our most important type of leads. So uh, we track what we call the activation rate of all of our trial leads that come in, and we have our salespeople reacting based on what, where a lead has gotten in terms of using the product. So, for example, if it's a big company that comes in, someone from Intercom, I mean, that's kind of a big company for us right now, but yeah. um, comes in, size up for the trial, sales is going to know that they're going to react to that quicker than they're going to react to, you know, a, a small startup that's starting to use the product. They may not react to that at all. Or they may wait till you know they get down the line further, 80, 90 percent activated uh, with the product. So, so segmentation definitely plays. Oh, a part absolutely, of it. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, and it's a combination of that product activity with uh, kind of firmographic stuff. Yeah, that's interesting because I haven't heard about it spoken. We do product qualified leads, and I didn't know what to call them until Derek just enlightened me on that. I'm like <laughs> literally going to show up later today and be like, guess what? Genius. Um, genius. Yeah. But we do this. We do something similar, which is we start to segment the market. It's not just geographical. It's not just by vertical. Uh, but it actually gets into, you know, it's this, we call them tier zero to tier four companies. And, and those are basically, are they cloud first tier zero or are they kind of legacy, uh, more old school, whatever that, you know, somebody wants to define that as uh, being. And that has a different implication in terms of sales process and probably, speed, you know, momentum that you might see in that deal. Yeah, I think it's something we've had to think a lot about as well as as we segment our customers, what type of experience do they want to have? Right? So some people just want to go online and sign up by themselves and they don't want to talk to a sales rep. And so how do we make sure that we're nurturing and onboarding and activating those people correctly? Yeah. At the same time, for people who do want to talk to a salesperson, how do we get to them super quickly, especially those companies that have large wallets right? yeah. and, and making sure that we're prioritizing those and uh, providing a great experience? Are, are there times where maybe speed is not the main priority or where speed can become a hindrance? Yeah, of course, because, you know, you can't control, you know, there's only so much you can control with speed, right? You can't control someone's buying process. You can affect it a little bit. I think if you do some, if you have some smart strategies, you can affect it a little bit. You can control it. So sometimes speed can come off as desperation at yeah, times, right? If you've got sure. a sales guy immediately responding and, and following up and someone just signed up and all of a sudden they got a sales guy, you know, an hour later asking you, picking your brain, wanted to meet, all that stuff. It can give off the, you know, the impression that you're a little desperate. Maybe, maybe you don't have enough going on at that company that you're, you're hounding me uh, right now so quickly. So I think, you know, that's a little bit of a risk. I don't think it's a huge risk, but it's a little bit. Yeah. yeah I think it's, it depends on segmentation and who the customer is, right? Like some customers are like, yeah, I want to be treated with, you know, white gloves and talk to me now. Other people are like, hey, back off. I'm going to do this for myself for a little while. There's so much information on our website these days. They can do. They can get free trials on a lot of products. Um, 
But some of that goes back for a product-led company like ours. It, it actually goes back to, um, like I said earlier, where where the speed, the the product experience, that early product experience is defining speed in many ways, right? Yep. So if you have confidence in that part of the experience, then you shouldn't need, you know, this incredibly speedy sales response. You should be able to to draw those people to sales as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, I've seen it cut both ways, right? Where that's why I think understanding timeline is so critical. Because if you're too slow, they might make a decision without you. On the other end, if you move too quickly, you might get over your skis. And, and there was a time where we were doing a deal here and we put somebody on a trial too quickly. We didn't understand all of the requirements and all of the problems that they could run into. We were about to release a product into beta that would have been fantastic for them, but we didn't give them access to it. So they ran into all these issues. If we would have just slowed that down a little bit, especially for this customer, they were larger, would have been a much better experience. Would we have won? I don't know. But it's the one that got away. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the buyer experience and matching kind of their speed, their cadence. How do you get your teams to do that? How do you measure their speed, their cadence, and make sure they're matched? It's interesting. Um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is size of company, right? And that's you know, maybe stereotypical because there are big companies that buy fast, especially depending on your product. I mean, if your product isn't a $100,000 purchase, those companies could can buy really quickly because – a lot of times those end users have access to a credit card that can make a purchase up to, you know, X per month, you know, that kind of that kind of product they can do. So I think today it's a little bit harder to figure that out. Traditionally, it was, well, if it's GE, you know, came in and started using product, well, there you go. It's a year and a half process, right? Where if it's some startup, it's a week. But it's interesting. I, I don't think that that rule applies. Like I said, in bigger companies, those end users have access to buy, you know, smaller tools within a budget. Whereas at a smaller company, maybe that isn't the case, right? Maybe you do have actually some weird layers going on at a smaller company where the CEOs is still the only one with a credit card. Yeah. Um, so I actually forget your original question, but that, that was my initial reaction was, I think you got to feel it out. I think you got to look at how fast they're moving through the product. I think that's an, an indicator of how fast they want to move toward a sale. Otherwise, it's got to come through a conversation with a salesperson. And to Dan's point earlier, you just you got to ask them. How, how urgent is this for you? Is this a Q1 thing? Is this a Q2 thing? Is this a we're poking around for this year thing? You just got to ask those questions. I think the other piece that, that comes into play, too, is, is matching almost the buying cycle for how you manage the business, right? Whether you're on a monthly cadence or whether you're on a quarterly cadence. or um, Because I think, you know, I, to be honest, I don't know if I have a great answer to the question. I think it's a really good point. But I'm trying to circle in my mind thinking of a, a better answer. But I do think to say, look, like some deals are going to take a long time and that's okay. Um, and I'm not sure you can actually speed them up. Where I get spooked on that in past lives running sales teams would be, is that account executive banking on that deal this quarter to get where they need to be? And it's less about, you know, I'm, I'm less concerned on the timeline. I'm more concerned about do they have enough in their pipeline that, that's going to move fast? And can they best qualify those ones? And do they understand the momentum and how to build momentum on those pieces, which is kind of like what we've been talking about earlier. So at times you always want somebody to buy on your own cycle. That's unlikely. Um, and then it comes back to a little bit of like the forecasting and pipeline of really understanding the details of what you got and then matching that to the cadence of how you manage the business monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think we're making the assumption a lot of times that, and this is on me, that buyers know when they want to buy. A lot of times people are just poking around and if the right thing comes along, they'll be willing to pull the trigger. I think it's really critical from my perspective that we match our sales process 
to the buying process. And let's say the buying process is a year and your sales process takes six weeks. I think it's really important to have that conversation. Yeah. Right. I'll throw out one other thing. This kind of gets back to an earlier point is how do you kind of affect that process? It's a little bit old school, but I think it still works face to face. Yeah. I think you can speed up a deal if you go face to face. And I know that's not realistic and size of deal and all that matters, but you know, especially here in San Francisco, if you can have coffee with somebody in, in the mission or right here in Soma, like I still think that helps speed a deal when, yeah. you, when you can make face-to-face we en- contact. We encourage it all the time for, you know, we set, we set expectations with the, with the team around, you know, if it's that certain deal size, go and, go and travel for. And I wholeheartedly agree with Derek's piece on, if you, it just breaks down walls and you get to know people faster and you really can get into the details and really have a conversation. And what Dave and I were talking about, you know, earlier was being able to ask the hard questions and in a way that's not offensive to anybody, you know, but going to get into it. But I absolutely can build more momentum. Yeah, I think being there in person is fantastic. Uh, obviously, I think just turning on the camera sometimes, right? We do so much so much of our sales processes inside where I'm on a computer, you're on a computer. If we just turn on our cameras, we can get a really good read for each other, trust each other more. Uh, it just really humanizes the process as well. So yeah, I totally agree. agree. It may be old school, but it does make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah when you guys think about like, how much does personalizing it or humanizing the process like speed it up? I think speed and personalization in many ways are counter to each other, right? Totally. I mean, so today we can be really fast with automated cadences and all this automated stuff that you can set up and they can go immediately at the speed of light, right? Yeah, at, the speed of <laughs> Seconds, yeah. at the speed of Sengrid, right? Um, when you do that, you are you are opting for more volume. I want to cover more, more ground, more, more volume of leads uh, versus I want to personalize that. Some of the automated stuff does some, you know, you can, you could do some fake personalization, but these days I think, I think it's pretty obvious when you're faking it. So, you know, I think, I think in many ways it's, it's different. I think you got to make a choice for your business for your right down to the specific lead. Are we going to sacrifice speed for personalization here? When we do, when we do outbound, we make that choice all the time, right? There are leads that you do not automate a cadence to, right? You as salespeople have to personalize that and you have to set reminders and follow up and do it right because these are important leads for us. Yeah, I think Derek nailed it. Um, you know, everything he said, I would agree with. And, you know, I'm much more likely to respond to a short email that's literally, hey, do you want to meet for coffee? I think we have a solution that can provide X, Y, and Z in three bullets than I am something. I mean, you get the email. And I know it's a cadence and I know it's super long winded and it's pitching me on every product. I'll hear from you in you four have. days. Yeah. And I know if I sit there, I'm going to get three more emails over the next course of the week. And then my experience with that is I'm really not now going to respond. But if somebody calls or shoots a text even, um, and I think text is, is another thing we haven't really talked a lot about. I think text is something that's underutilized. Um, and you can see it in, in just our day-to-day. We engage so so much through text messaging that I do think there's some pretty massive opportunities for people to leverage that to create uniqueness, personalization, break down some barriers, be pretty quick on it. Um, we're starting to see that um, with our own reps. And also I've started to experience that in different businesses or different aspects of my life as well. It's interesting to think about it from a buyer's perspective. How do you think speed from a salesperson kind of affects the buyer? Like if a salesperson comes in too quick or too slow, like as a buyer, how does that make you feel? Much like what we've talked about, I think it depends on where I am in my own cycle. I was doing a refinance for a house and better mortgage. I'll give them a shout out. They immediately texted me back, literally on three seconds. I was on a flight actually um, going through the mortgage application. They texted me. I was like blown away. I pinged our CEO. I was like, this is amazing. This whole experience is amazing. Got off the fight, called them, 
um, and literally ask them, like, how are you compensated? Because you sent me an email, you called me, you sent me a text message, and I'm just kind of blown away, and we've been trying to figure out how to move, move faster. And they're like, oh, this is just part of our, part of our process. Um, and so for that, going through that, like, I wanted to lock in a rate. So I was very much like, hey, I want to move really, really quickly on that, and I, that was great. If that's not where I'm at in the cycle, it can also be somewhat off-putting of, of this person is literally berating me and how do I get them to slow down and I'm just trying to get some information. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, I think software buying is becoming a little bit more like, you know, mortgage buying where the competition is crazy, right? I mean, there's like a gajillion places you can go look for a mortgage. So for them, capturing you as fast as possible before you have a chance to go to four other sites and check things out is, is super important. And we're certainly not there in software, but we're we're closer than we were 10 years ago, right? When there was one option for what you wanted to get done, uh, now there's 12. Yeah, immediate response times become pretty critical still because I think we've all seen the graphs of like, how does first response time affect conversion rates? And it looks like a waterfall, you know, so you have to be there almost instantaneously in responding. That doesn't mean you have to be hounding somebody, but you need to be there if they want you in order to engage and start that process. And, and that's why, you know, we were talking about metrics a little bit earlier. It's why we why we manage the, the speed to lead. We know the speed to lead matters within our business of, you know, business communications and VoIP for Dialpad. But that stuff matters. How, whether we get back to somebody within minutes or if we take hours, I can tell you the ones that if you take longer than a few minutes, like they're going to be on and talking to the next three people. To Derek's point, I think a lot of walls get broken down in, in selling B2B software these days. And there's a lot of competition in a lot of markets. And this stuff actually starts to have some pretty significant implications to how quickly your, your business can scale. Yeah. I'm even thinking about how, you know, even though our products don't necessarily compete with each other, we're all competing for budget at some point, right? So if multiple people are running multiple projects, you better be responding to your person quickly because if they're the first one to ask for budget, you know, you're going to have to be there. <laughs> That's, it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks, guys, for coming and doing this today. It's been fun to chat and also just to hear kind of your perspectives. If anybody has any questions, feel free to shoot me a note at Dave at. Uh, and thanks for listening. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. It was a ton of fun. You've been listening to The Sales Summit, our first episode on speed. Tune in next week to hear from our friends at Slack and Guru on scaling sales with automation. A huge thanks to our guests, Dan O'Connell and Derek Skoletsky, and to our host, Dave Benyon. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to grab your free copy of our new book, Intercom on Sales. It's an inside look at how we've scaled a billion-dollar business. Download it now at intercom.com forward slash books. That's intercom.com forward slash books.